0: and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Copybook Headings Podcast. If you're just joining us for the first time, this uh, show was inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. And every week we take an old saying, a proverb or a maxim, and we break it down to see what we can learn from it and see if there's still any relevance to these old uh, old sayings today. I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, man?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Doing Fantastic. Um, yeah, a lot's been going on over here at my house. Uh, I was just talk we were just talking off air. I'm getting a new job. I just got a new job offer. So that's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Anything new and exciting over in, in the Stevens world?
2: Um, you know, by the, by the time this is out, you know, it'll be old news, but we're going to check out the eclipse.
0: Uh, oh yeah. This
2: weekend. So we're going to drive, drive a couple hours closer to the, the epicenter and, uh, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, that is fun. Uh, we were at, uh, where the heck were we? Uh, Home Depot the other day and they had like a little kiosk there and it showed the map of like where the eclipse was supposed to go. Oh yeah. So how it's, far are you guys away from the, the the path? Um, Probably,
2: you know, about two, three hours. Uh, okay. It will go kind of right through the middle of, of Utah, middle of nowhere, Utah. So nice. we'll, we'll go down and, and, and check it out. We're meeting some friends and it'll be a good time.
1: That'd be fun. Kids will enjoy that, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how, how into it they get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They'll probably get bored. At their their age it's it's a crapshoot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to see friends anyway, but um, yeah, we got a good, uh, got a good proverb this week. Uh, This is one you selected, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, And it's, it's a thoroughly American one. Okay. It's that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm, Yep. Um, And, and a little bit about this, it's, Attributed to an American humorist named Josh Billings um, from a poem and and the the lines are I hate to be a kicker, I always long for peace, but the wheel that squeaks the loudest is the one that gets the grease
0: mm.
2: and uh there's there's some dispute about the attribution and stuff like this poem was first published in nineteen ten the poem is is thought to be. 40 years older than that. So, um, but either way it's American, it's, it's a little more recent. Um, you know, we did a big dive into ancient stuff. And so now we're coming up to something a little more recent and it definitely has a, an American quality to it.
1: Yeah. When you said it was American, I was like, yeah, not just in history, but it seems like in, uh, in spirit as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of cu- just culturally and, uh, uh, in terms of our the way that we behave a little bit is maybe, maybe Americans are a little louder than others is from what I understand what whatever here. Yeah. So yeah, when uh, it comes
2: to this kind of, this kind of complaining and stuff, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so uh, kind of diving into it, uh, what, what most people kind of interpret it to mean is if you want something, speak up for it. Is that kind of what you, what you interpret from that? Say something if you, if you, if you want to get something.
2: Yeah, I think so. There's there's kind of two ways, like um, two perspectives on it, right? The the uh, perspective of of the wheel, and then of the the one administering grease. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, if um, if you're the wheel, right, you got to speak up and and, uh, and and say what you want, or you're not going to get it, right? Um, yeah. So I, I think that's one one way, but the other way is if you are in charge of maintaining things, um, physical or otherwise, right? Like you, you'll pay attention to the the thing that's clearly wrong. The, the, the wheel that's squeaking maybe to the detriment of, of other things that are quiet and still, still going wrong. So it has, it has a, to me, it has a connotation of like being a distraction sometimes hmm. that, um, if you think like in the workplace, for example, if you have there's one one person in the office, one person in the company who complains a lot and gets a lot of attention from management for their for their issues. Um, some other people are just gonna be quiet about it and they're just gonna not raise problems or not gonna raise concerns because someone else is getting all the attention and that mm-hmm. might not be the best way to operate for the company to to focus their, their time and efforts on on the squeaky wheel.
1: Yeah. I've got a few experiences that I'd like to share, uh, about yeah. this sort of thing. Uh, kind of before I do, I was kind of just curious, uh, is that, is that what had sparked the interest in you is kind of your experience in the workplace or what, what was it that, that grabbed your attention?
2: Yeah, the I think so. Um, it's also one that, that a friend of mine used to, <laughs> used to use and kind of as, as the, um, as the wheel, right? Like that, you know, he, he was willing to, to, to be a little loud, be a little demanding and cause you can get what you want that way. Um, and, yeah. you know, it does work out for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily negative. I don't want to, don't want to say it's entirely negative cause sometimes you do need to just speak up and get things done. But yeah, it's, um, but for the most part, I'd say the, the workplace is where this, um, is relevant to me
1: sure yeah and and that's where most of my experiences have been as well and i've had i have a couple that i could share that w- some positive and some not so positive um so i think there's two sides to this one um the most uh well just just like yesterday or the day before my good buddy had called me up and told me that he got passed up from a for a promotion at work yeah and i was like man that's a bummer man because i know he's been working there a long time and he's brought a ton of money to the company new new accounts and and uh, i know that they they like him there and so um, but he was like, oh, and I told my manager that and she was like, well, how many people had you told that you wanted this promotion? He's like, well, I just assumed they knew, <laughs> you
0: know, yeah. you
1: know, and she was like, no, well, you gotta, that's not how it works. You gotta, you gotta put a bug in their ear. And he's like, well, that's not how I do things. You know, he's not the kind of person that goes around whining, you know, telling people he wants this, 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 this or the other, he just does a good job, you know? Yeah. So I could see things from his perspective that, uh, you know, he just does a good job and expects to be rewarded for it. But someone else got the promotion who'd been maybe schmoozing the boss a little bit. Yeah. Maybe just talking to them and Hey, I'd really like this position if it ever comes available, you know? Yeah. I,
2: I can, I can relate to your friend a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've had similar experiences. Yeah.
1: Um, well, so another experience is just um, so I told you, I just accepted a new job offer. Um, and I had been, I'd been uh, talking to my, my cousin a few weeks ago and he was getting a new job and and he was it was a little bit the pay was a little bit less than he wanted and he was coming from this other company where they had like laid off a bunch of people so he had lost his job or something but he didn't want to take a step down so he was the pay was a little bit less not much but a little bit so he's like man i'd really like to get it up um to where it was and i, I told him i was like well you know you should just ask him for more but he was kind of stressed out about it you know because it's you know especially when you don't have a job. If you already have one, you're kind of looking around, maybe you'd be a little more bold. But when you're like, you need a job, it's kind of like, you know, you want to just take, it, it, it's tempting to just take that first offer. Yeah. And so um, so I was kind of chatting with him and he was asking my advice since I work in sales and done negotiations and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, just say, hey, I'm real excited about this a new opportunity. And the compensation is real close to where I need it to be. It's just, I need it to be right here. And you're down here, would you it would it be possible to bump it up a little bit? And so he's kind of stressed to try it. he's like, What if they're gonna just tell me tell me forget it? I'm like, No, 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 they won't do that. We're <laughs> not just gonna say forget it. The worst they can say is no, this is the salary, it is what it is. And then you can be like, Okay, fine, I'll, I'll still take it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he tried it and he got he got more money, a few thousand nice. more a year, not a ton, but like, and then I brought I it reminded me of that because. I I was I just got a I'm switching jobs and uh I did the same thing. I do it every time. Like I I I, I guess I'm more personality-wise a little squeakier, you know, because yeah. I never have a problem like whatever offer they give me, I'm going to ask for just a little bit more and just see what yeah. I can get away with, you know, <laughs> if I can get away with a little more. So anyway, yeah, if you speak up, it can be re- rewarding.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. You you need to you need to advocate for yourself um and that's, that's definitely the positive side of this one is, is, um, yeah. S- speaking up, making your, making your, ne- your needs known, your, your desires known. Um, yeah, I've run into the one where, where, uh, just trying to go along and get along and, and hope that my, my good work gets noticed, but, but yeah, that's not always, not always the case. <laughs> you yeah. To, uh, um. You need to, you need to say something or, or at least maybe, maybe your strategy isn't, um, like directly to the boss, but maybe it's, um, you can take other approaches where you're advocating for yourself by, by networking with maybe closer colleagues and stuff. And so that kind of the word gets out and or, you know, the, the I guess there's, there's just other approaches than Mark walking into the CEO's office, but
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So, um go ahead. Oh, when you were saying uh, that's the positive side of it, it sounded like you've had some experiences with like a negative side of it. So I'm just curious, is there, is there a story back there or is there some experience um, you've had where maybe someone was a little too squeaky?
2: Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to get, I don't get too, too detailed, or anything, but, uh, but I, th- I think it does happen where, um, Pete, like, um, some people are, have, that's a good way to phrase this. I just some people are a little too squeaky without without warranting that much attention. Like, the, uh-huh. uh, I know, you know, I've got some some friends and friends and family in in high places at the company I work for, and and so you know you hear you hear stories about people who are often approaching like the the upper management people with with kind of trivial problems that. Uh-huh. It's better just either not talked about or just, um, or, or at an appropriate level, like your, your direct manager or things like that. Cause not only is it just, um, you know, sometimes it's just not the, the, the right kind of problem, but also sometimes you're, you're bringing undue attention to yourself. If, uh, if you're, maybe you're, you're not doing great at the job or something like that, you kind of. I don't know. I like to keep my head down.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I've got a, a an experience. I had an experience with that too. I was working at this company. Um, I was a, a sales manager. So I was running a sales team. And there were like maybe six guys that were on the team reporting to me. And one of them was just like an all-star sales guy. I mean, he was mm-hmm. killing it. He brought in more money or about the same amount of money himself as the other like five guys on the team combined. Like he he was just crushing it. Um, but he was like the biggest, (laughs) just whiner and prima donna that you would ever meet. I mean, he would call me five times a day. I mean, just whining about this and complaining about that. And this, I was like, bro, if you didn't bring in so much money, like (laughs) out of here, like he was just, he was just that guy, you know, he was so needy and so like, always just wanted something and man, was he the squeaky wheel. And, um, I mean, I thought it was obnoxious as is a manager. I mean, he did get a lot of stuff that he wanted because of it, you know, if he needed this or needed that, but then part of it was probably just because he was also a very high performer. So, um, yeah, I think it can be taken too far. I've, I've seen it where it's just, you just become obnoxious if you're squeaking too much, but I think there's definitely that balance. You don't want to be the guy that never says anything. And then you get the promotion passed up because he could have just mentioned things to a few people and then maybe you'd have got it right yeah um so i guess oh go ahead
2: no i I was gonna uh, well i I was gonna change gears maybe a bit more so let's go ahead and you go you go ahead i was
1: just curious um how do you think you strike that balance like like some people are more introverted and they're going to be more have a tendency to just not say anything some people are going to be a little louder but but as we can can see, there's extremes on both sides. Uh, how do you think it, do you have any thoughts on how you can find the right, uh, balance there? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, one place is, um, like if you're not going to be quite as squeaky, you need to be maybe a little more patient, um, and realize that things might take longer for you. Um, you know, one thing, you know, most, most places have some kind of you know, feedback system or performance, you know, a system where you meet with your, your supervisor every so often, every year. And one thing that like, I remember my wife suggesting I do was, you know, keep, keep a better log of my accomplishments and stuff like that. So that when that time came around, I could be like, all right, here's, here's Mm. everything I did in the last year, you know, here, and here's why it's more than everyone else and why I deserve more. Right. So, um, So just being ready for when those opportunities do come, if you're not going to, if you're not going to force them, you know, you need to be ready for when they, they pop up and that you can take advantage of them.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, If you're not the kind of personality to just bring up your own accomplishments, there's usually opportunities where they'll ask you. So if you pass those up, that's, you know, they're asking the wheel to squeak. And if you're not doing it then, then then Yeah. yeah, that's probably something. You, you should be doing, uh, if, if they're asking for feedback or asking, Hey, how do you think you did this year or this quarter or whatever? That's the time to, to sing your, pra- your own praises a little bit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: so I was, I was wondering with this, um, you know, we, we both thought this is a very American American saying. Um, and I think it's a pretty, I think a pretty accepted proverb in our culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I, I think, I think you know the gods of the the marketplace are kind of like this one uh so what do we think? Do we think this um, is actually a good a good proverb to stick with? is it, i mean is this is a good advice or is it like where where does this fall with the the copy book and the marketplace do you think
1: um my first reaction to that question is that well, I've mentioned a little bit before as to kind of what your personality is. Uh, if you're more extroverted, you probably won't need this advice because you're probably doing it already. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I've seen, I've seen introverted people, you know, not be appreciated like they should be because there's something wrong and they're just suffering with it and they just won't say anything, you know, Yeah. and um, they don't have to suffer with it. So maybe, maybe even they have a good manager that really appreciates them. And if they knew, that something bad was going on and they knew that their job was terrible because they'd fix it or they do something to fix it, but they just don't know because they're just suffering in silence. So, yeah. so I think it, uh, I, I think it's great advice for certain people, certain people that aren't inclined to, uh, advocate for themselves. Um, like I was mentioned, I was kind of Trying to help coach my cousin, he'd never asked for more money in a salary negotiation ever, and I do it literally every single time I've ever switched a job. I've asked for more money just because, you know, what's the worst I could say? No, right? <laughs> you right. know, so so if they're if they're the kind of person that's not uh, super inclined to advocate for themselves, yeah, I think this is really good advice. Um, give a, give a little squeak, see what happens. You might, you might get a little a little grease thrown your way.
2: All right, I like that. I'll I'll take that to heart because I'm a. Gonna... <laughs> less squeaky person. Yeah. I Um, I
1: wish you all the grease in the world.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Um, so let's, let's take a look at this outside of, you know, the professional world. Um, you know, let's thinking about the family, Mm -hmm. um, like an example from, from my life this last week, my youngest was, was a bit sick. She wasn't feeling well. She was you know, crying for, for an hour at, at a, at a stretch and, and the, uh, her, her older sister just, you know, kind of, you know, so that, I mean, the young one was getting all the attention, right. Cause she just wasn't feeling well. The yeah. other one kind of went off and, and hid in her room. And that happens every now and then where, where the young one gets hurt or is sick and seems to take all the attention, takes the spotlight. Yeah. Um, when juggling, like paying attention to your children, um, you know, what, what have you found as far as balancing, balancing that and, and the squeaky wheel principle?
1: Yeah. With kids, that's tough because you do all, you know, if you have multiple kids, it's, it's you're going to notice it right away that some of them grab the attention more than others. Yeah. Um, and it can be hard, you know, it can be hard as a parent to only want to pay attention to the ones that are whining in, throwing a fit. Whereas another one may, may need your attention just as much, but they're off. Like you said, in the room, sulking or sad or or something, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's tough. I mean, as a parent, you have to pay attention to to all the kids and and even the ones that are, aren't as loud. And so, that could be a tough thing to do. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have do have you come up with a strategy on how to how to navigate that?
2: Um. No, I mean, we're we're still we're still early in that. But it's something I'm trying to, trying to be aware of that, um, you know, it, and it's easy for us since we have, have two right now. So it's easy to play, you know, the, the man on man defense, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, just trying to, trying to get, make sure everyone gets, get some attention, get some one-on-one time with, with each parent or whoever, or, you know, some, you know, sometimes kids go through phases where they prefer one, one or the other. So that, you know, that they're getting what they need so that, you know, they don't learn that if they act out, then that's when they get the attention, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I I know that's a problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you mentioned family, I I actually took a, um, my thoughts went a different way in terms of like your spouse and your relationship there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that can be common too. And especially when you're first married and you're not really, you're just kind of navigating marriage for the first time. Uh, it can be hard to tell your spouse what you want, you know, especially if you think that might yeah. irritate them or if they're doing something that you'd prefer they don't, or if they're, they're not doing something you'd prefer, they would, uh, it's probably not as healthy just to sit there and just bottle it up. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Should, should. Oh,
2: certainly. Yeah. I think like, communication is definitely a big, you know, relationship killer if you have poor communication because it any of the any of the big issues that come up in in a marriage or or in a relationship um, really they break down because of lack of communication so that I hadn't thought about that but that's that's very true
1: yeah, and in this case the the grease would could be you know something very positive like a like an improved relationship with a spouse yeah. or a child um and so if there's i mean <laughs> again, this was a, this is, this is a tricky one because there's, it's not like, oh yeah, you should always do this. You know, it's, it's sometimes there's, there's times just to not complain about something and just let it go. Right. So it's certainly not the case that you should be complaining or bringing up problems all the time. If it's for small things are probably better left, you know, unsaid. And that's true with a, as a parent as well, which can be tricky because your job and your role as a dad, you feel like is to correct the kids and to to guide them, you know. Yeah. But if you're always telling your kids every single thing they're doing wrong, I mean, you'll just be barking at them all day long because kids just mm-hmm. do stuff wrong all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of have to pick your battles and realize that this is not worth mentioning. And, and very, very true, also in a, in a relationship like like a marriage.
2: Yeah. I'm wondering if, if you know the from from these proverbs, you know some you know, I'm seeing at least two categories here. One of, you know, the, the moralizing proverbs, you know, how things should be, how you should act versus the, you know, observations of reality and human nature. Yeah. Um, that, and I think this is, is, this is the latter, right? Like sure. the squeaky wheel does get the grease. Um, but you know, it could, could be, but good could be bad. So, and how you, how you approach that, you know, Knowing that reality about humans, right? And what are you going to do about it?
1: Yeah, well said. I hadn't really ever thought about the the two categories like that, but you're 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 absolutely right. Um, this one is not uh, prescriptive in a way of telling you mm-hmm. how you should be. It's just saying, hey, this is kind of how it is. So just be aware yeah. of that going forward. And it's an important thing to remember because it does seem to be a truism that you'll see over and over. Uh, but it's not exactly telling you to go out and be a whiner. It's just saying this is tends to be human nature, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm you know, also thinking I, I I taught um I taught middle school for a little bit when I was younger. Um and that's you know and just anyone who's been in a classroom as a student even knows like the principle of the, the kid the, the troublemaker gets a lot of attention, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um and so that if some people thrive on it. Some people, well, I mean, everyone thrives on attention in some regard. Uh, it's just some people thrive on negative attention because uh, yeah. it's better than no attention. And so, um, yeah, I was thinking about the, my experience with, um, you know, classroom management and stuff where you have one or two kids in a classroom that get most of your time and to the, to the detriment of, of the other kids who are there and, doing the right thing and are there to learn and not, not cause trouble.
1: Man, I didn't know you were a middle school teacher. I'm learning new things about you today. Yeah. I taught, I taught uh, Latin and, uh, Of course you taught Latin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's on brand for you, man. It is. It was, uh, it was a good, it was a good job. Um, I I first got it when I was, I was still an undergrad. I was a senior in college and, uh, the nice thing, like the cool thing about like the charter school movement, is a lot of schools offer Latin to middle school and high school, and so they needed a lot of a lot of teachers, and was flexible about like certification as far as like you can kind of work work while you're getting certified. Mm-hmm. And I never ended up getting certified; I didn't stick with it that long, but it was pretty cool. Uh, cool college job that not a lot of people no do is teaching.
1: Teaching middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Especially teaching Latin. That's pretty unique. What was it your goal at the time to become a teacher or was that? Was that just a job? Um, I wanted to be a a
2: professor. I wanted to, to go get a PhD. So that was kind of some experience and just a way to make some money. Yeah.
1: Nice. Uh, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. Um, There's, I mean, we have, we have six kids and it seems like one (laughs) requires more of our attention than the other five, you know? (laughs) Uh, There's always one. Uh, But, you know, it just is what it is. And and certain ones, like we said, you kind of have to pay attention. And sometimes you have to – okay, so here's an example. Uh, We have one kid who's just been – he's kind of in the middle, you know, one of these younger middle kids. And he's – he just doesn't – he's a good kid. He's just kind of happy – you just kind of chill. He doesn't really cause much trouble. And he's been stuck in the back third row of the SUV forever, yeah. you know? Right. And he doesn't complain. But then we were taking like kind of a, we were up seeing like the fall colors. We drove up mm-hmm. the canyons a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he was starting to get car sick. And he's like, oh, man. And so he never, he doesn't usually complain, but he was. So I'm like, all right, we're going to switch the seats around. And uh, I moved one of the older kids in the back and let him sit up front. And not just for that ride, but like, you know, I'm like for the, for the time being for the next several weeks or month or whatever, you, you can just sit, this'll be your seat for now. Yeah. And he was happy to do that because I felt, I felt bad for the guy cause he's, he's not the guy who, he's not the kid who, who squeaks. He's just right. kind of happy <laughs> chilling. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. You know, other kids would have thrown a fit and I'm tired of sitting in the back cause this isn't fair. And so I was trying to throw him a bone a little bit because, because I don't know. I thought he thought he deserved it, but yeah, but yeah, um, it is true. The the loud one tends to get the attention, so it's important as a parent to to pay attention to the quiet ones too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you need to you need to be doing the maintenance, right? Like if your one of your car wheels is squeaky, you probably need to grease all four. And oh yeah. and you can't just be in emergency mode all the time, right? Not not always just dealing with the problem you kinda need to get ahead of things. And that's that's a good way to Try and, try and keep an eye on it with, with the kids, right? Try and consciously, yeah, tend, tend to everyone.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, kind of the thought of the, the idea of like proactive maintenance, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, if uh, going, you know, maintaining your relationships like you would a, a car and you don't, you don't wait until your engine starts rattling or making noise before you do something. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a great point. It's a great point. Okay. So we've talked about, we've talked about business. We've talked about, uh, uh family life, a little bit about education. Um, those are kind of the areas where, where I have, um, mainly thought of, uh, maybe also in, in, uh, I I've noticed this principle also in like politics, you know, mm-hmm. since it's yeah. so much about attention, which I don't know yeah. if that's a positive thing or not, cause it seems like the, the people that are the loudest and are always the ones that do the best. Yeah, I,
2: that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, the 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 special interests, right? Like yeah. that's a common phrase in in politics, and just because of that reason, right? They, um, the lobbyists and all that, they're all just there to squeak and get the attention.
1: Yeah, that, and then also it seems like the 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 more bombastic of the candidates also oh, tend yeah. to do well. Oh you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, get, getting attention is, 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 an art form in and of itself. And some people just, just have, have it Yeah, <laughs> for be, for better or for worse, but, uh, exactly. Yeah. It's just, uh, it can kind of become a circus after a while because of, because of the, the attention aspect of it. So, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on what to do about that. Other than, you know, me, I, I like to unplug every once in a while. That's what I need to do for for my own sanity. I don't know if you, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think unplugging is great. Um, I think, you know, just trying to trying to f- keep your mind on on the reality of of the squeaking and and try and keep, uh, you know, take a step back and and evaluate, you know, what kind of messages you're receiving and and why what they're doing and and what any you know um, what the subtext is, I guess. So yeah, like. Um, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in, in the the squeaky wheel, especially with, with politics and with current events and all that stuff. But, um, I think if, if you are trying to be deliberate and investigate candidates, investigate issues, um, and, and separate from the hype and, and just try and try and take things, um, take things, you know, take things seriously, it, but it's, it can be frustrating though. Cause you know, so many people don't, right?
1: <laughs> so, For sure. Uh,
2: yeah. I think it's, it feels like, what's the point, but.
1: yeah, it does. It does. I, um, I, I think it's good advice in general, whether it be politics or business or relationship to, as you said, I think you made that f- a fantastic point of just kind of that proactive nature of it, not being reactive to the squeaking, yeah. right? Not just, Oh, there's a fire over here. Let's go put it out. Oh, this person's whining or crying you know, trying to be proactive about heading off problems and, 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 uh, doing that preventive maintenance, whether it be relationships or, or business or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man, this is a, this is an interesting topic. I think this is a good one. So we're, about coming up on time, but, uh, yeah, thanks for picking this one. And, um, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will, uh, we'll have another one for you next week. Make sure to check us out on social media and we will,
0: uh, catch you guys next time. We'll see you later. There are only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit and the sow returns to her mire and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished and the brave new world begins when all men are paid for existing and no man must pay for his sin. As surely as water will wet us as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook kiddies with terror and their scor-